Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today is day five of our study of contentment and it's the final day. So we're going to be in Luke 15 verses 11 through I believe uh, 20. So if we can start with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this day and for this time. Thank you for, for being you, for being the Lord God, the creator of all and for loving us. I'm grateful, Father, that despite my many shortcomings, my many failures, that you still want to know me and want me to know you. You still want a fellowship with me. And I just pray that I would open my heart, my mind, and my spirit completely to you, and that I would do your will. I pray that as we read, that it would be your words that are heard, not mine, and that you would be the one honored and glorified and that we would learn more about you so we could do your will and bring you glory and joy. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today is our last day of reading uh, regarding contentment. And so I'm going to go through a couple of different scriptures uh, or readings besides for just just the the verse today. So with that, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. And it's... uh, Luke 15, and we're starting in chapter 11. We've read this before. It's the story of the uh, prodigal son. So, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that, in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to feed his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death? I will set out to go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son who was in the field When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. 
Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My, my son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to ce celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So, it's it's great. It's a great analogy and great sign and sig symbol of the relationship between God and us, how Jesus saved us. But I also tend to focus on the brother and what the father says to him, where he says in verse 31, My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. That to me is so critical. It, it really just ties in with, um, the verses from John, let me see, I'm looking them up real quick. And it's John uh, 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So the son, the older brother, could have stayed there. I mean, he did stay there, but he could have asked. He had everything that his dad had at his disposal. And the same thing for us. If, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So that means if we're walking with God and we're focused on him and our heart is, is desirous of him, what we're going to ask is what is best for him and for us. And it will be given, given to us. We just have to ask. So I want to then also read real quick what... A.W. Tozer has to say about this. I mean, there are so many scriptures, there are so many sermons, so much reading that can be done on this and basically just chapter 15 in general. It's full of various parables and they're all important. But if we look at Luke 15, chapter 11 and 12, or verses 11 and 12, and what Tozer has to say, he says, the cause of all, and this is the, the, the scripture is, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. The cause of all our human miseries is a radical moral dislocation, an upset in our relation to God and to each other. So the relationship that's there, that is supposed to have been between God and others, it has been totally broken. For whatever else the fall may have been, it was certainly a sharp change in man's relation to his creator. He adopted towards God an altered attitude, and by so doing destroyed the proper creator-creature relationship in which, unknown to him, his true happiness lay. Essentially, salvation is the restoration of a right relation between man and his creator, a bringing back to normal of the creator creation relationship, which is so true. When we are brought back in alignment with God, our true happiness, our true satisfaction begins. He says a satisfactory spiritual life will begin with a complete change in relation between God and the sinner, not a judicial change merely, but a conscious and experienced change affecting the sinner's whole nature. The atonement in Jesus' blood makes such a change 
judicially possible, and the working of the Holy Spirit makes it emotionally satisfying. The story of the prodigal son (coughs) perfectly illustrates this latter phase. He had brought a world of trouble upon himself by forsaking the position which he had properly held as son of his father. At at the bottom of his restoration was nothing more than a reestablishing of the father-son relationship, which had existed from his birth and had been altered temporarily by his act of sinful rebellion. This story overlooks the legal aspects of redemption, but it makes beautifully clear the experiential aspects of salvation. So I like that had been altered temporarily by his act of sinful rebellion. I can totally relate to that. I rebel and I do it all the time. I, you know, that's just what sin is. But do you stay in that? Do I stay in it? I did, but that's why I'm on this journey back. Am I there? No. Is the relationship completely resolved? (coughs) It is. It's healed. But I'm the one who still struggles with how to live it. Not God. If I could figure, if I could just simply let go and rest in his arms completely, all would change. But there's a part of me that still rebels. And that's part of the challenges. So Tozer goes on to, to share. Somebody asked Mr. Dickens, Charles Dickens, what literature he thought had the most, most pathos. Oh, he said, there is no question. The story of the prodigal son. There is nothing like it in all literature. Who wrote that story? God. Who spoke it? The kindest man in the world. Jesus. When I'm reading through the scriptures and I come to that passage, there was a man who had two sons. Instinctively, I bow my head. Something in me wants to go down in obedience before the heart that could think up that story. So that's it for today. I appreciate your time. And uh, I'm just going to end in a quick word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for creating a way and having a way and a plan from the beginning of ourself for our salvation for the restoration of our relationship so that you can be my father and I can be your son and that I can fellowship with you and have at my disposal all that you have I'm grateful for that Lord and I just pray that I would understand you more and understand our relationship so that it's stronger and better each and every day it's in Jesus name I pray amen Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy, and I hope you have a great day.